0: You're listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. Senator Lindsey Graham shocked the country this week with his promises to obstruct justice in future SCOTUS hearings and his threat to become the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee sometime in the near future, removing the gavel from Chuck Grassley's poorly qualified hands and into his own recently transformed paws, for he little resembles the man we used to know, better as the late John McCain's more conservative sidekick. But last February, an investigation we were running at the Democratic Coalition uncovered one thing about one of his major political donors that shocked the nation. Soviet-Ukrainian-born businessman Len Bovatnik is a U.S. and U.K. citizen who lives in London and calls himself Russian on his conglomerate, Access Industries website, which is the company that donated a whopping $800,000 dollars to Graham's top campaign organ, the Security Through Strength Pack. Bovatnik and his family donated an additional $57,000 directly to Lindsey Graham's 2016 presidential campaign, though five checks totaling $13,500 were returned because he didn't make it to the general election. To put that into perspective, 8% of the dollars raised by Graham during the entire 2015-2016 campaign cycle even though his campaign didn't even make it into 2016. In total, Lindsey Graham raised just under $4 million for his entire presidential campaign, transferred in $2 million more from a permissible outside committee, and raised $4.8 million through that PAC. It appears that Access Industries was his largest individual donor. I first tweeted about Blavatnik and his unusual pattern of donations to Republicans last February. That drew what could be charitably called the worst fact check in the history of facts by PolitiFact Wisconsin, whose main goal seemed to be covering up for Bobatnik's giant checks to their embattled Governor Scott Walker, whose presidential campaign drew the notice of Russian spy Maria Butina and her handler Alexander Torshin. In fact, Marco Rubio's pack got a million, Mitch McConnell's got two million, and even a pack belonging to Paul Ryan raked in the big bucks. Since then, Lambo donated a million dollars to the Trump inauguration and has fallen under the microscope of Special Counsel Mueller's investigation. Still, Lindsey Graham, for all of his high-profile efforts, never seemed to get connected to the blooming Trump-Russia scandals because of his longtime friendship with McCain and his early membership in the Never Trump crowd, you remember, until about nine months ago. He was still best known for saying things like, if we nominate Trump, we will get destroyed, dot, 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 and we will deserve it. Lindsey Graham was Donald Trump's favorite punching bag throughout the 2015 portion of the Republican primary. Trump famously doxed the South Carolina senator in July 2015. At the moment, it was a shocking act of dirty pool in the political arena.
1: So Lindsey Graham says to me, please, please, whatever you can do. You know what I'm saying? I said, what's this guy, beggar? He's like begging me to help him with Fox and Friends. So I say, okay, and I'll mention your name. He said, "Could you mention my name?" I said, "Yes, I'll mention. And he gave me his number, and I found the card. It, I wrote the number down. I don't know if it's the right number. Let's try it. 202 228 0292. I don't know, maybe it's, you know, it's 3 4 years ago, so maybe it's an old number. 202 228 0292. So, I don't know, give it a shot. Your local politician, you know? He won't fix anything, but at least he'll talk to you.
0: Graham responded by posting a YouTube video set to the Four Seasons, where he pretty much embarrassed his campaign to death, even though it took six more months as a laughingstock before the Washington Post covered it as part of Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter David Fahrenthold's series that earlier today he lightheartedly tweeted is, quote-unquote, my bright idea, loser's week. I wrote a series of profiles on long-shot candidates Graham, Gilmore, Pataki, Rick Perry, who actually dropped out of the race during the speech I'd gone to see him give. David went on to tweet this afternoon that when I wrote about Lindsey Graham's long-shot presidential bid in 2015, the bartenders at the Hilton Garden Inn in Manchester, New Hampshire actually told us they were worried about him because he spent so much time eating there alone. While Graham was out wasting the entire American media's time and his donors' money on a sub-1% campaign that couldn't even get into the debates in South Carolina, for all of these years, Senator Graham has been a pretty typical GOP Russia hawk. Trump was telling right-wing media in October of 2015 things like this about his love for Vladimir Putin, and in the fog, no one noticed. Have you met Vladimir Putin?
1: Yes. You have? One time, yes, long time ago. Do you feel I'm that, with a break, by the way.
0: That's a story which I researched for the Democratic Coalition, and you can read all about it in producer Grant Stern's Huffington Post column, linked inside the episode notes. Before I tell you a little bit about Len Blavatnik, let me reveal a little bit about why Russia might have an interest in funding a candidate polling at slightly south of 1% for whom south of the border is nothing but a famous South Carolina tourist trap that revolves around selling fireworks and Pedro the cartoon character versus Donald Trump, who still wants to believe, build this uh, imaginary wall on the Mexican border. In modern Russia, the political technologists have taken over public discourse. The Kremlin's top one, Vladislav Surkov, is dramatically known as the Grey Cardinal of the Kremlin, is highly engaged in Putin's invasion of eastern Ukraine, and scripts the public discourse in a manner American audiences might find more akin to scripts in professional wrestling. It's called quote-unquote managed democracy, and Josh Keating wrote a great article about it in Slate this past February that I'll tweet for you to read in full. But the essence is that they create the opposition in a manner that helps control the public narrative. The Graham-Trump spat is a perfect example of the kind of meaningless but press-heavy encounter one might imagine the Kremlin's spin doctors cooking up. Nobody thought that Lindsey Graham was presidential material. Nobody ever has. A Monmouth poll during the campaign found him with 4% support, not nationally, in his home state of South Carolina. What a joke. But the spectacle which is the key word here, the spectacle of Donald Trump attacking a sitting senator, breaching political norms, and getting away with it in July 2015 was a key early moment following his attacks on John McCain and rabble-rousing the GOP base in favor of belligerence. This episode of The Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resisters Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. Len Bavatnik has a long, colorful career, which began at Harvard, which awarded him an MBA in 1989, which then led to his first major bad governance scandal just a few years later in the mid-90s. That's when he enticed Russian emigre professor Andrei Schleifer, then in charge of the Harvard Project, the private venture which strongly guided post-Soviet privatization and financial markets policies to make an improper investment into the Renova company. That conflict of interest led to the collapse of the Harvard Project, a $104 million lawsuit, and a $31 million settlement from Harvard in 2005 ...to the federal government and other entities... ...and a collapse in U.S.-Russia relations that persists to this day. Today, Forbes estimates lend Volvatnick's fortune at $17.6 billion. But Volvatnick's access industries still ascended to the top of the Russian oil business... ...in partnership called AAR for Alpha, Access, and Renova. They created a company with a complicated past and present, called TNK-BP. Renova Corporation, the same company which Harvard's professors bought at great cost, is owned by another Russian oligarch, Victor Vexelberg, whose payments to Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, have led to Special Counsel Mueller stopping him for questioning. Alpha Bank is Russia's largest privately held bank, the same bank linked directly to Giuliani, and others, and of course the dossier. Plavatnik and his partners combined the oil companies they bought from the state into the BP deal, which resulted in an unpleasant breakup with the British oil joint. Ultimately, Putin himself ordered Rosneft, the largest state-run oil company in Russia, made famous by Christopher Steele's dossier, to purchase the TNK BP company, which left BP as a nearly one-fifth partner in that company to this day. You can see how the UK's largest oil company, possessing a massive stake in Russia, complicates their statecraft from this as well. But for our story, what's most important is that AAR and Bovatnik engaged in high-level harassment of BP in order to effect a breakup. Things got so bad that BP's CEO reported being poisoned in Russia. Nobody ever figured out if it was the Russian state or AAR which did the harassing, but it's well known that none of it was punished. One of TNKBP's former attorneys is living in exile in New Jersey today, having been on Russia's Interpol list for nine years on trumped-up charges. Putin paid $55 billion for TNKBP which gave a windfall of 27.7 billion for Vexelberg and Bovatnik to split in 2013 right before Russia's invasion of eastern Ukraine and Crimea in February 2014. It was great timing to get lots of liquid cash into those two oligarchs hands right before much of Russia was sanctioned in retaliation for Putin's land grab. Bovatnik subsequently only became heavily involved in U.S. federal politics for the first time just a year later in 2015. And Senator Lindsey Graham was one of his earliest and largest donations. Amazingly, Vexelberg and Bovatnik are still fighting over the dissolution of TNKBP being sued for $2 billion in a New York court by a silent partner named Leonid Lebedev. And this March... They lost a significant legal decision. But Lebedev and those close to him report harassment, including pressure from Russian police. Bovatnik's participation in the use of state corruption to settle private business matters makes him dangerous. Sources told this program last year that Bovatnik demanded that the Dallas Morning News refrain from calling him a Russian oligarch, even though his own website access industry calls him russian our report includes photos and video of senator graham attending Bovatnik's young scientist awards ceremony on september 21st 2016 attorney and frequent fox news guest alan dershowitz is seen in attendance
1: driving the next generation of scientific innovation ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2016 Blavatnik National Awards for Young Scientists.
0: So I want to thank them for making science fun. And I've had a lot of fun here tonight. Thank you. We will
1: make a toast to the distinguished 2016 Blavatnik National finalists and laureates and the spirit of discovery. ...that they represent, to the 10th anniversary of the Blavatnik Awards for Young Scientists. Ladies and gentlemen, let's salute all of this as we raise our glasses.
0: In total, Senator Lindsey Graham took one out of every $12 in his 2016 presidential campaign from Len Blavatnik. And he did so while another one of his former backers, the CEO of a biotech company faced federal charges for and was convicted of running a foreign donation scheme that benefited the South Carolina Senator while he in turn funneled $19.6 million in earmarks to the donor's company, several million of which he misappropriated, resulting in more charges. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. In 2011, Charleston Post and Courier in South Carolina reported on a story which landed one of Senator Lindsey Graham's donors, a total of 88 months in federal prison after three trials, concluding just last spring. Dr. John Yun Dong, who is better known as Dr. John Dong, orchestrated a foreign donor scheme in violation of the FEC Act, the same law and restrictions the general public suspects the Trump campaign of having broken based on news reports. But Senator Graham and his campaign were not charged in the affair by prosecutors, even though his help funneled nearly $20 million to Dr. Dong. Graham helped Dong obtained the money for GenFAR, a virology company involved in high-stakes public health issues like the fight against Ebola for research on a variety of projects. But Dr. Dong really screwed the federal government after getting Senator Graham's help, diverting millions of dollars to a commercial office building and even misappropriating $280,000 for more lobbying. Dr. Dong's wife, Donna Wang, Set herself up to be the government's star witness in the case, and Jen Farr's 50,000 square foot headquarters in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, just north of historic Charleston, fell into foreclosure in 2013, even though it was worth up to $33 million, according to some estimates. Ultimately, Wayne cut a deal to serve 24 months in 2013 after he cooperated with prosecutors and put the squeeze on her ex-husband, Dr. Dong. Wang got Dong sentenced to 18 months on the election violations for shepherding a German national's cash into Graham's campaign coffers and 70 months on the other charges, including wire fraud and misappropriation of federal grant money after two trials ending in early 2015. Lindsey Graham's office personally assisted Dr. Dong to obtain $19.6 million in earmarks. Miraculously, Lindsey Graham was never charged after prosecutors said they found no evidence or knowledge about the wrongdoing. Just because prosecutors never found evidence of wrongdoing doesn't mean that no evidence exists. But one certainly may wonder if incriminating information exists related to his problems with Dr. Dong and his wife Wang which someone else could use to screw over the senior South Carolina senator. If someone obtained evidence of criminality in Graham's involvement with Wang and Dr. Dong, he could wind up in the pokey himself. The Russian term for political extortion material used for blackmail probably best describes what would happen to Graham if held by a private party, Compromat. No wonder Senator McCain hated earmarks so damn much. Amazingly, all of these serious legal matters were pending before a federal criminal court while Senator Lindsey Graham was pursuing his sub-1% polling long-shot presidential campaign. While there is no financial tie between Dr. Dong and Graham's campaign for the Republican nomination for president, it is easy to see why this story might have scared off other political donors. But it's also easy to see how it might have attracted the wrong kind of political donor, who knew that Senator Graham needed the money and might be willing to go the extra mile for his donors like Dr. Dong and perhaps Len Blavatnik. That concludes our deep dive of the known foreign-linked donors to South Carolina's Republican Senator Lindsey Graham's campaigns from 2006 to present. While there is no direct evidence of Senator Graham being compromised by these donors and situations, his extreme 180-degree turn into a Trump-toady and Senate Judiciary Committee rageaholic has shocked the public. Graham's screaming in defense of tainted Judge Brett Kavanaugh marks the final stage in his radical turn from the man who used to stoutly oppose Donald Trump and who once told a national TV audience on CNN in December of 2015 that Trump's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot he doesn't respect my party He doesn't represent the values that the men and the women who wear the uniform are fighting for.
1: I've been in the Air Force for 33 years. I retired this June. He's the ISIL
0: man of the year, by the way. We'll be posting a copy of the dossier on Lindsey Graham online. We'll post that link with the podcast as well. I'd like to thank my producer, Grant Stern, artist-working producer in podcasting. That's for damn sure. You can visit our website at workingreport.com. Thanks again for listening. Onward.